Welcome to Pictures of Grace, a Fraser 365 Advent devotional. My name is Chris Montgomery, senior pastor of Fraser Church, and I'm so glad you're on this Advent journey with us. May the Lord bless you today as we learn about His unmerited grace. Welcome to Day 26 of Pictures of Grace, an Advent daily devotional. Today's title is A Strategy for Grace. Charles Spurgeon said, God does not allow his children to sin successfully. And David F.B. Meyer wrote, The greater the man, the dearer price he pay for a short season of sinful pleasure. And Dale Ralph Davis said, To be the man after God's own heart is not to be sinlessly perfect, but to be, among other things, utterly submissive to the accusing word of God. Today's text comes from 2 Samuel chapter 12, verses 1-15. through 15. And the Lord sent Nathan to David. He came to him and said to him, There were two men in a certain city, one rich and the other poor. The rich man had very many flocks and herds, but the poor man had nothing but one little ewe lamb, which he had bought. And he brought it up, and it grew up with him and with his children. It used to eat of his morsel and drink from his cup and lie in his arms, and it was like a daughter to him. Now there came a traveler to the rich man, and he was unwilling to take one of his own flock or herd to prepare for the guest who had come to him. But he took the poor man's lamb and prepared it for the man who had come to him. Then David's anger was greatly kindled against the man, and he said to Nathan, As the Lord lives, the man who has done this deserves to die, and he shall restore the lamb fourfold because he did this thing and because he had no pity. Nathan said to David, You are the man. Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, I anointed you king over Israel, and I delivered you out of the hand of Saul. And I gave you your master's house and your master's wives into your arms and gave you the house of Israel and of Judah. And if this were too little, I would add to you as much more. Why have you despised the word of the Lord to do what is evil in his sight? You have struck down Uriah the Hittite with the sword and have taken his wife to be your wife and killed him with the sword of the Ammonites. Now, therefore, the sword shall never depart from your house, because you have despised me and taken the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be your wife. Thus says the Lord, Behold, I will raise up evil against you out of your own house, and I will take your wives before your eyes and give them to your neighbor, and he shall lie with your wives in the sight of this son. For you did it secretly, but I will do this thing before all Israel and before the son. David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. And Nathan said to David, The Lord has also put away your sin. You shall not die. Nevertheless, because by this deed you have utterly scorned the Lord, the child who is born to you shall die. Then Nathan went to his house. Throughout the New Testament, Jesus taught through parables, which brought great clarity to his teachings. Jesus is the master storyteller, greatest teacher and king of all kings. In today's text, God gave a parable to his prophet Nathan for his earthly king David. It is one of the best-known teaching parables in the Old Testament. And while there's nothing funny about the story whatsoever, this parable has possibly the greatest punchline in all of Scripture. You are the man. God used an ingenious plan to get David's attention. Just because Nathan's a prophet doesn't mean he can't be sharp. But it's more than Nathan. Nathan's strategy is nothing but the ingenuity of grace. 
His technique is the godly scheming of grace that goes around the end of our resistance and causes us to switch the floodlights on our own darkness. Some of you may need to repent. You've thought all these years that only the serpent was subtle, as seen in Genesis 3.1. God used craftiness in both the storyline and strategy behind telling it. Sometimes we only acknowledge our own sin when we are unknowingly confronted with it through the story of somebody's life. Our sinful nature has a way of tricking us into pointing out the sins of others while ignoring our own sins. The symbolism throughout this parable is unique. The traveler whom the rich man fed represents the temptation and lust that visited David on the roof and then controlled him. If we open the door, sin comes in as a guest but soon becomes the master. Read what the Lord said to Cain in Genesis chapter 4 verses 6 through 7. David passed judgment on the rich man without realizing he was passing judgment on himself. Of all blindness, the worst kind is that which makes us blind to ourselves. 2 Samuel chapter 12 verse 5 reveals that David responded to the story with great anger. It fired David up that someone would sin with such disregard to how it hurt others. Warren Wearsby adds, If David, a mere mortal sinner, has the moral capacity to fly into a rage over Nathan's rich man, how much more will Yahweh over David's deed? So he should. This is the gracious God who sends Nathan to David. And he is the furious God who is outraged because his servant has despised him. Part of God's grace consists in his informing us of his fury. Sometimes we try to declaw grace, but grace is not niceness. Otherwise, one is tempted to say grace would no longer be grace. We forget that the words of the hymn, "'Twas grace that taught my heart to fear." Grace is not merely favor. It is also the fury that precedes the favor. Even through all of David's disobedience and deceit, God still showed his grace. When David confessed, God responded, Nathan told David in verse 13, The Lord also has put away your sin. Only when we understand the reality and seriousness of sin are we ready to wander at God's grace. He put away David's sin. David's sin did not do all the damage that it could have done, but only because God was gracious. It did not destroy God's good purposes. And for that reason, we are privileged to know the son of David, who was named Jesus. As Matthew one twenty one says, For he will save his people from their sins. We may deceive ourselves about our evil thoughts, words, and deeds, but evil cannot be hidden from God. Why is it so hard for you to confess your sins to a God who already knows? How can envisioning the consequences help motivate you to say no to temptation? What are your thoughts on the following statement from today's devotion? Sometimes we only acknowledge our own sin when we are unknowingly confronted with it through the story of somebody's life. Father, it doesn't feel good when we're caught in sin. We want to make excuses for our sin and blame others. Let us be like David. Let us acknowledge our sins. Let us confess our sins and accept your grace. Amen.